Tune you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is Brandon Wiley with the LBX Daily Show, Friday, February 2nd edition. And as you can tell, I am still in Orlando. I am at the Icon Park and the Icon Park Wheel. Uh, and so we are, uh, you know, just I'm just hanging out here. So Christine's on her way back to Calgary. So she's got a long trip. I'll be heading back to Phoenix a little bit later today. But in the meantime, we've got a daily show to do. So let's get rolling. Uh, today is Groundhog Day. It's one of my stupidly favorite holidays because I love watching the video where they pull this groundhog out of a log this groundhog does this little sniffing thing and then they pronounce whether it's going to be spring or whether it's going to be another six weeks of winter. And so without further ado, what we got to do obviously is watch this little bit of this video and watch the reveal. If you don't know yet, whether or not groundhog day, uh, you know, has revealed whether the groundhog, um, punks honey. Phil has revealed six days, uh, six more weeks of winter or spring. Let's take a watch. They're pulling him out of the log now. <laughs> His little home. He's the cutest little fat thing. And uh, everybody gets super excited. They start this thing so early. I don't know if anybody's ever really watched this uh, whole gobbler's knob thing, but they, they start this thing like like two hours before they actually do the reveal. It's like dark. People are partying. And then parties go on the entire remaining part of the it's day. Punxsutawney Phil! I mean, you guys can hear the crowd going wild about this groundhog. One of these days, I will get to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, and actually watch this myself because, again, why not watch old guys in top hats hold up a groundhog for a crowd to uh, a crowd to get excited about? So they're going to put gentlemen gather around. They're going to put Phil up here, and. He's going to uh, speak in gopher ease. Apparently, gopher ease is what we uh, is what he does. So he's listening right now. He's listening. Bill is talking. Okay, he's listening. And pretty soon, Phil's. I think okay, Phil's. Oh, he just told him. Okay, all right. They have a decision. Scale your email marketing oh, efforts look with at automation. that. Oh, man. One of course they're going to do that. An automated series of emails to welcome new subscribers. That way you're... Okay. Well, that was not an advertisement sponsored by the LBX Collective. But uh, here we go. What do we got? A prediction has been made, Mr. President. Hear ye, hear ye! Now on this February 2nd, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened from his wintry nap at dawn. Gobbler's knob. Phil looked to the skies and then, speaking in groundhog ease, directed the president to the proper scroll, which reads, Another winter's slumbered pause so I could meet the crowd. Hard to sleep anyway when the party's this loud. I envy your energy. I envy the fun. I envy all of you and your opposable thumbs. But it's not what I feel. It's what I see and what you hear. So gather round and let me be clear. Okay, let's get on with it. Atmosphere is a wonderful thing. 
Good grief. And we can create our own and the weather it brings. It brings hope for the future and so much more. Maybe some Punxsutawney Phil write-in votes in 2024. But what this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. All right. So there we go. We've got a really, really extended long reveal there. Sorry, guys. I did not watch how long that was before we got this thing rolling. But basically, Punxsutawney Phil has now told us that it is, uh, you know, we're going to have two, uh, six more weeks of uh, or early spring. So basically no uh, you know, a lot less winter. So uh, very exciting there. Uh, thanks, Punxsutawney Phil, for letting us know what's going on with the weather. Uh, if you are looking for other fun things to do, though, Ryan Reynolds recently produced a new Lay's commercial, and uh, you should definitely Google Lay's commercial Groundhog Day. It's about four minutes long. We're not going to watch it on this show, but it is a lot of fun. All right. So one of the things we were talking about at Berkeley University, and I'm just going to mention it, um, you know, this is where we've been, obviously, the last couple of days. Is that um, you know we're really beginning to see a, a number of businesses that have existed a long time in their specific industries begin to shift to multi-attraction businesses. So we're seeing restaurants adding attractions, bowling centers adding attractions, roller skating rinks ripping out floor and adding you know not all their floor but ripping up part of their floor and adding attractions. Um, and now also we've seen cinemas. You know so cinematainment has been a growing thing. Obviously there's been companies like Synergy and Cineplex and Fat cats that have been building their their things from ground up as full fem, family entertainment, cinematainment venues. But we're seeing a lot of other theaters now beginning to take out screens and putting this in. Why do I mention this? Well, basically, if you're looking to build a standard FEC or you have a standard FEC with the typical attractions, the competition for your standard bowling, arcade, laser tag, etc. Um, attractions are going to see a lot more competition coming from places that you maybe didn't originally consider competition that roller rink down the street you're like oh they're a roller rink they're fine well look they're going to start blending a mix of attractions that movie theater down the street hey you don't have to worry about that movie theater they're totally fine well we're going to start seeing movie theaters have similar attractions so all that being said just be aware of what's happening in your area and think about how you could potentially iterate your venue to have attractions that are you know potentially a little bit less competitive with what some of these other guys are doing. All right. One of the things I want to talk about here is O'Toole's Playhouse. So these guys are opening tomorrow, actually. So the grand opening is tomorrow, February 3rd in Conroe, Texas. And, you know, Conroe, Texas has been home to Conroe's Incredible Pizza. Um, they've been around for a long time, uh, a number of other great venues, but these guys are interesting. So they actually have three levels of soft play. The Playhouse is actually targeted at kids. And we'll pull up some pictures here of O'Toole's here, some of their pictures. They're targeted at kids aged one to 11. 11's probably maxing out a little bit in this uh, in this environment, um, but they do have a soft play area designed with, as you can see, bright pastel colors designed to appeal to kids. There's slides, interactive spaces, obstacles, and other games available. Uh, there's also a dedicated toddler area, and they have an on-site cafe offering F&B. I wasn't able to get, um, you know, it wasn't clear what was in the F&B, but probably just snacky type stuff. And um, they're also, you know, their uh, their pricing is interesting. So twenty dollars for one child entry and two adults. A lot of these soft play places have one child and one adult. In this case, they have two adults. They, uh, you know, need to bring their own socks or purchase socks. 
And then, um, you know, children under one year are free with a paid sibling. So obviously they're little, um, you know, little babies, they're not going to be playing. So $20 for all day play. So I don't know if that means that you could leave and then come back and still play. I feel like $20 is potentially a lot, but, um, and the one other thing I think they're missing here is, um, they're opening at nine to seven. I really think they could shift that probably down by an hour and open up eight to six. I'm not sure that kids are really going to be playing much later than seven, uh, six o'clock. And also if you move it up to the eight, you start to capture a little bit of that. Hey, I'm the mom. I just dropped off one of my older kids at school and now I can bring my younger kid here to play, um, you know, during the week. So I think that's one area where they potentially could have, uh, could have done a little bit better. All right. One other quick little announcement here is uh, if you didn't see the news, Player One Amusement Group, uh, who've, they gobbled up a bunch of other smaller companies over the last, you know, we'll call it five to seven years or so. Uh, and then they were ultimately acquired by Cineplex up in Canada. Well, recently, Cineplex has been looking to roll Player One off. And officially, it was just closed. The Open Gate Capital, this is a global private equity firm, uh, announced that they've um, um, they've completed their acquisition, which they had announced earlier, of Player One Amusement Group and uh, pulling it basically away from Cineplex. And the uh, you know basically the, the total shares of P1AG, which is the uh, the trading name for Player One, values the Player One group at about $155 million. So uh, anyway, that's uh, but it'd be valid if you have potentially Player One as your distributor it's good to know that they've got some ownership changes going on there. So anyway, uh, I liked these guys. So Wild Republic is a new toy range that they've been around for a number for like since the seventies, they've been around for a long time, about 50 years. And they've had and supplied toys to zoos and aquariums and other places. And they've always tried to be uh, very eco-friendly. Well, they recently just announced uh, a set of green guardian play sets for kids age three and up. And we'll go ahead and pull these up here so you can take a look at them. The children can choose from five different themes. They have a rainforest tracker, a safari ranger, a jungle guide, ocean diver, and Arctic explorer. And each one of the play sets includes a vehicle, a human guardian, as you can see here, and then an animal character. So you've got a human, animal, and a vehicle. But what's unique about these is the products themselves are actually biodegradable. So not just the packaging, but the actual products themselves. And since you know we were talking about straws yesterday, um, thought it might make sense to talk about some biodegradable products. And so children obviously will have lots of fun playing them and they start to break down within a year after their disposal. So they do sit in the landfill for about a year, but then everything starts to activate and they do start to break down and eventually do fully biodegrade. The packaging is also constructed of recyclable materials and it does not contain any single-use plastics in the packaging. Another thing that I thought was cool is that they're launching Earthkins, which is their first line of biodegradable plush toys later this year. So they haven't done that yet, but it'll basically be responsibly broken down again and returned to Earth afterwards. And you know, they continue to partner with all of their different, uh, different companies that they've worked with before. And um, so if you're looking at offering this type of merchandise, potentially for your redemption wall, or maybe you've got a store, Wild Republic might be something interesting if you want to offer a little bit more eco-friendly and biodegradable product set. All right. So I've been wanting to talk about this for a little while, and I thought, you know what, it might make sense to talk about it today since I'm rolling a little bit solo and um, you know, I want to talk about sometimes some more tech-focused science things, not necessarily always 
Family Entertainment Center, but it does have a hook tied back to FECs and attractions in general, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So on January 29th, Elon Musk on X announced that the first human received an implant from Neuralink yesterday and is recovering well. So initial results show promising neuron spike detection. So if you haven't been following one of Elon Musk's companies, Neuralink, they've been working on an implantable chip that goes into the brain and can send and receive electrical signals and can basically control things. And so they call it the Neuralink Brain Computer Interface or BMI. And it will be initially used to help people with complex neurological conditions. And the company was given permission to test this chip on humans by the FDA in May of 2023. And so they started recruiting people for clinical trials in September, got a lot of people to raise their hands. And so um, basically, this first product that they're developing will be called telepathy. Awesome. I know. It'll be called telepathy. And it will enable control of your phone or your computer through, uh, you know, or basically through any device just by thinking. And so initial users will be those who have lost the use of their limbs. And so like imagine they say if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer, that's ultimately the goal. And if not familiar with Stephen Hawking, he's a uh, very famous astrophysicist who basically has to communicate, he's um, a, a quadriplegic and has to communicate with a teletype machine and, you know, move with his, his, his neck and everything else. And he's a brilliant man. And he'd be able to communicate using Neuralink um, much faster than we could actually communicate ourselves. And so if you haven't seen it, we're going to watch this little video. This is a nine-year-old macaque. Uh, it's a monkey who learns to control a video game. That's why one of the relevant things we're talking about here, um, control a, a Pong game um, with Neuralink only. So we're going to go ahead and watch this little guy play some uh, you know, basically play some Pong with his mind. So the first thing you'll notice here is that he's controlling the cursor entirely with decoded neuro. Um, so I'm just going to pause it and explain what's happening here instead. So they're feeding him some food through this tube. And it's like basically a little reward. It's like some mashed up uh, banana and other you know, nutrients and sweet stuff. Okay, I think we're back. Sorry about that, guys. All right, let's continue playing here. So basically, this little monkey is getting some nutrients and some sweet stuff in his uh, through that feeder, and he's controlling it with a joystick. And what they're doing is he's learning, and the Neuralink is mapping out his brain. And so now they've taken away the joystick, and what you're seeing here is him controlling the Pong game with exclusively his mind. He is moving one side of the Pong back and forth with just his mind. And, uh, and you can see this with the rate of uh, increases and he continues to play faster and faster using just his mind. The joystick is now gone. And so this is exactly what they're trying to do is basically train your mind so that you can then control any device, any electrical signal with your mind. Pretty, pretty fucking cool if you ask me. And I'm really excited to see where this type of technology evolves. Now, obviously there's as you can think, many different types of scenarios in which this could be super useful for, uh, you know, obviously the real world. But then in our world, in our entertainment world, I think that the, one of the most interesting things is, you know, imagine, you know, we've talking about AR, we're talking about VR and different things. And if we have these Neuralink systems, could we potentially play different attractions and different games using just our mind? And what could we, what could we potentially do with that type of capability? So uh, pretty cool stuff. 
obviously very, very early before this thing becomes commercialized. We're just in the FDA trial period, and it's going to take a little while to get commercialized. All right. The next thing I wanted to touch on, and this will probably be the last thing we'll talk about here today, is the escape room Park City. And this is a sad story. And, and so, you know, don't mean to, to end on a, on a down note and actually won't because we'll talk about how it says actually an uplifting story at the end. Um, but the escape room Park City, it's in Park City, Utah. It's going to close their doors in March. And the local, and so basically the longtime owners, they've opened this thing uh, and operated it since 2016. And they've been uh, basically Sharin and her husband Dirk have been running this together. And they basically said they're closing because the landlords will not renew the lease and they didn't make any offers to negotiate rent. So unfortunately, they just the, the landlords basically said, yep, that's it. And so, you know, they basically the owners said that unless somebody wants to buy it and reopen it and they would be willing to help reopen it, then uh, as of March 31st, they're going to be done. They're both empty nesters and this business has become one of their babies. And they basically said, now it's just time to say goodbye. And so they said, though, while they're nearing the end of the run, they decided to build a new room and make it one of the most challenging they've created. And it's called the Dragon Room. And so they've been working on that Dragon Room for eight months and it is now open. So what makes it challenging is the puzzles. There's a logic problem in there and other fun things to do. And Dirk and, and uh, Sharon have spent the last eight months building it, and they feel like it's really fun and one of the most challenging rooms. And you know, they just like building these things together. Her husband is the engineer. She likes puzzles, and they collaborate together and build these. And over the years, they've built four different, uh, four different rooms. You can see here the Mind Trap, the Parlor, Pirate Booty, and Where in the World is Phil Lancaster. And then now they've just recently opened up this last room for a couple of months of play. The reason I mentioned this is, look, even though they knew that this was going to be shut down, they're so passionate about this, uh, about escape rooms and about their little baby that they decided to go forward and push forward and open this new room anyway, even though it's only gonna see the light of day for another two months. So if you're at all looking to acquire potentially more escape rooms or looking for a potential new business and you're maybe in the Utah area or you're looking for something, I think that it'd be worth reaching out to the Spangenbergs and finding out if there's any way that you could potentially work with them to carry this thing on. So anyway, sad story. Uh, also a word of caution always as you're building these things out and you're working with landlords to be very careful about what your lease period of time is. They clearly had a uh, you know, good long lease, but yet, you know what? The time ended up expiring and now they've had a lot of invested time and money into this area and they basically will get nothing from it. Uh, all right. One last thing I'll mention, the third degree we did with Mike Abacassis, the founder and CEO of Game Time in Florida, is now out. It was released yesterday. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that third degree, highly recommend it. Mike Abacassis is a legend in this industry, and he absolutely provides uh, really interesting insights. And it's just great to understand where he came from and how he built such a phenomenal company and organization. 100% believe you should listen to this one. All of our third degrees are fantastic. And this is just another great one to add to the library in the list. All right, guys, this is Brandon Wiley, aka BW, signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass.